welcome to the 50th episode of Meanwhile in an Abandoned Warehouse. I'm Sophie Hope. And I'm Owen Kelly. And in this episode, we're going to be looking back at what we've been doing, uh, explaining a little about the podcast itself, what we think we've got out of it, what it's been for. And also, because it's the 50th anniversary, not the 50th anniversary, the 50th episode, we've been talking for some time about uh, making a few changes to the podcast, and we're going to be launching those in September. So we'll finish this episode by talking about them. But first of all, let's look at why we started this. So how did we start this, Sophie? Can you remind me? Yes, I can. Um, So believe it or not, we started this back in in 2018 uh, after we met at the book launch of um, Culture, Democracy and the Right to Make Art in Manchester. That was in April 2018. And then I came to a conference that you were organised, you were co-organising in Helsinki in August that year called uh, Social Tools. And we on the back of that, basically, to start to do this podcast every other week. Um, I had known about your work, Owen, and uh, for some time. And my PhD, I discovered you and your book, Community Art on the State, Storming the Citadels, um, which you wrote in 1984 in when I was doing my PhD in between 2006 and 2010. And I hadn't um, been in touch with you or couldn't couldn't find you couldn't couldn't locate you Um, and you'd gone missing and but was really inspired by your work uh in at that time and the other writing that you and many others have been doing around cultural democracy in the another standard journals etc um but obviously i'd come at it um much later and so when we met in manchester um that was a really great opportunity to talk to you more about it and i think well, you can speak from your own um, experience of, of that, but sort of a, a, a resurgence in interest and and um, enthusiasm for some of the ideas of cultural democracy after perhaps a period of, of it being uh, an, a term that wasn't really known about or discussed. Well, in fact, I think it's, some people have said, I think that it was a, a term that actually went actively out of fashion and people pretended they'd never heard of it. A little like yeah. uh, a little like certain haircuts from the eighties. Yeah, well, it worked. It really worked because I studied art and uh, did a was doing a PhD in participatory practices, socially engaged art, and it was only through a chance encounter I had trying to find criticisms of um, the New Labour cultural policy at the time. Like I chanced upon a pamphlet by the Cultural Policy Collective up in Glasgow which mentioned your work and others. And that was my sort of way in to then finding out more about cultural democracy. And they wrote that in 2004, I think it was. I should also point out here, actually, that I'd, that I'd, um, although, although we first met in, in Manchester, I'd actually read your doctoral thesis beforehand. Somebody had passed it to me and mm. uh, told me that you know, you, you'd been, going over the work that we'd been doing in the 80s. So I'd already read it. So we both kind of knew of each other when we met. Yeah. Perhaps I should also just explain that historically, when we met in, in Manchester in April 2018, 
we had this idea. We had we we had a conversation afterwards. Everyone, the speakers in the conference went as they do to sit in a bar somewhere and have a conversation. And you and I talked about the possibility of doing something like a podcast to capture our thinking aloud, as it were. And we we left it at that. And then we had a few emails, and we were thinking about how to do it. And then we experimented with doing it on Zoom. In fact. We were early adopters of Zoom. This was 2018. And we tried recording on Zoom some of our conversations. And we realised that, realised quite rapidly, there was no benefit that we could think of of actually seeing us looking at screens. <laughs> that you, All the information, whatever enjoyment value there was going to be in this thing, was in the talking. So we switched to thinking about it as radio-style podcasts, and then when we met in Helsinki at the Social Tools Conference, we got that together very rapidly. We, we got the idea together and within yeah. eight, eight weeks later, we, we got a website and a podcast up and running. And we were quite fortunate, weren't we? We were quite fortunate because when we'd been doing the dummy versions, the ones that would have been like the world's lamest television programme, we were also trying to work out how exactly we were going to talk about things. We knew we mm. had a topics that we were interested in exploring, but we couldn't really find a hook to hang it on. And the Arts Council, by a wonderful coincidence, the Arts Council of England issued a report in August, August or September 2018, uh, which used the term cultural democracy and in fact not only used the term but appeared to be trying to claim the term and so immediately we had something to bounce off so you yeah. passed me the report I read it we had conversations with other people and there we were off we went with something to focus the discussion on. And I think also for me that report was lacking in any historical acknowledgement and investigation of where the term was coming from and I think for me that's always been a motivation to um, explore ideas around culture, arts, policy, politics, economics, is to delve into some of the histories, the complex histories and, and roots of, of the ideas. And, uh, and, and it was like this term was being presented as a new thing. And I think both you and I were like, ah, hang on a minute, this is, this is not a new term. And it's certainly not a new idea. Um, so part of our... Uh, our, our mission I suppose if anything is to to try and find different diverse and complex ways of um, of, of bringing light to a, a a knotty term like cultural democracy by doing reading around it inviting guests and um, basically adding to our our confusion <laughs> around the term I think, in fact, I think, in fact, that the Arts Council of England did us a, an enormous favour, because I hadn't—I certainly I hadn't, at least—until we came to look at that report and look at what they were doing. Which I think I agree with you. They were basically, if not exactly claiming they'd made up the term, they were talking as though it was something everybody knew, and they were going to now define it properly. And this yeah. set, did set me thinking about the history of the term and histories that led into the term, which is why we ended up looking at guild socialism, for example, which I think is, a, personally, I think is a very important and overlooked uh, stepping point in the early 20th century. 
historically in the development of collective action, not just in union-based production terms, but also the idea that collectivity spills out into how you consume the history of the Rochdale Co-op, etc. And I don't think without that initial stimulus, we necessarily, or at least I wouldn't necessarily started thinking about the importance of tying together these different starting points and showing how they come together into something and what it is that they come together mm. in terms of I yeah, think all, yeah. I think also if I could just add a little bit there in doing the the podcasts we've often or rather perhaps rather more than than might be deemed professional we've gone into exploring areas without necessarily even claiming expertise and definitely without having it and I think in some ways this has led us to learn things we might otherwise not have done well you've talked about it on a number of occasions as, as opening up a thought process which is very opposite to trying to make a professional podcast that is like an audio version of a published paper yeah exactly I think that's that's worth reflecting on and and reiterating and exploring because the for me the podcast as a form uh is a is a sort of thinking aloud process and I think that's really important that seems to have been really important for us that in a way it's become an excuse for us to put something in the diary to keep having a conversation with each other and other people that we want to reel in and, and learn from so it's it's not we've not honed and kind of perfected a set of ideas that then we're publishing in a, in a pod through the podcast series we're using the podcasting as a way of researching and thinking about and reflecting and uh and pulling out kind of threads or or challenges or dead ends i don't know there's a sort of a, a work in progress kind of public field note taking aspect to it to it so it's exposing the process of research rather than it hiding that behind closed doors and then or doing that privately and then presenting the world with a finished product and um, and that again is not to everyone's taste I suppose but for me as a as a format it's it's really valuable Um, and I suppose something that we we've been it's come out of a necessity because we both we live in different um, countries (laughs) I'm in the UK and I'm in Finland. Is in yes. Finland. So uh, it's it, it's been really it's you know pre-lockdown it was it was a really useful format for us. But uh, but yeah, it's sort of coming to its own, I guess. Anyway, as as we've not we wouldn't have been able to meet anyway. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know if maybe just on that note, sort of the practicalities of it, just to reflect on that. The we've been we're both uh, paid by our sal- we have salaries uh, from universities. And we've, I've been using my time, uh, which maybe, should have, maybe I should have been spending elsewhere and other ways. But anyway, I have been using my time, my salaried time to do the podcast series. But we haven't had any external funding other than 100 euros from Pixelate, the organisation that um, Owen is affiliated with in Finland. And uh, so while we've been sort of donating our time, our, our otherwise paid time um to this we haven't had any we haven't done any fundraising for it we've just sort of got on with it and but that does mean that we haven't been able to pay people we've invited to join us in the conversation um but we're so we're in that sort of situation where we've got the sort of 
freedom to do what we want to do because we haven't got the funding and uh but that obviously means that we're relying on other people donating their time if we want if if they want to come and talk to us i have less problem with that with that than you do i know this is a cause of anguish for you in some ways it's a cause of anguish but i i think that whenever one builds i mean it's going to sound absurdly absurdly uh pompous if i say whenever one builds a movement but whenever one builds a movement, even if that movement is inherently trivial, like wouldn't it be good to be rollerblading on Saturday mornings, you, you find people who, want, who think, yes, it would be good to be rollerblading on Saturday mornings. And if you want to say, wouldn't it be good to be actually exploring ideas of cultural democracy and seeing if and how they relate to other issues in our lives, then you end up looking just like, the other person's looking for rollerbladers, you end up looking for people who also share that interest and think that in some way, which we may never be fully privy to, this will inform their lives for the better, or inform their work for the better, or inform the world for the better. And so I don't necessarily feel that we're in a position of exploiting people by asking them to give their labour free. I would, most definitely, if we'd grabbed a quarter of a million pounds from the Arts Council of England or five million pounds from the European Union to run this podcast, then I think we'd have a totally different situation and people might well say, no, look, people will be completely justified in saying, can we see how this money is being spent? Why is yeah. it that you're now doing all of these from holiday hotspots around the world? What, how is it you're always in the sun doing these things? And... <laughs> also drawing massive salaries is this is this the usual corruption in which 98% of the money raised goes to the people raising it yeah. but i think we've dodged that i mean 98% of the money raised as you said was 100 euros and it went in fact not to us but to paying for a subscription to soundcloud for a year so that we could have it hosted owen do you want to say a bit more about that in terms of the division of labour, uh, you've been doing the, the sort of editing. So basically, the, the, the situation is that we pre-record the episodes uh, by audio recording locally, co- connecting up through Zoom meetings and con- audio recording locally. We then send the audio to me and whoever else is on the, on the call, send the audio to Owen and, and he edits it and makes it available. Do you want to say a bit about that process? Because that, that is worth acknowledging and... Um, yeah, being transparent about, I think, that kind of, that labour as well involved. Well, the process is um, is one that we effectively devised, I think, although I'm sure we're not the only people who've devised it. Basically, if you record a Zoom conversation or you record a, a Teams conversation or a Skype conversation or whatever, the sound quality is, to say the least, variable. Depending where you record it, the, that person will, will be high fidelity and other people will fade in and out and, and you know that kind of thing so what we did was we devised the system so sophie and i both have audio recorders uh, pocket audio recorders and we set those up and as sophie said we're, we're on zoom so we can see each other and that means we can have you know, eye contact and wave to each other when we want to interrupt each other but we're recording locally so Sophie is recording herself at the highest possible quality with an audio recorder stuck just in front of her face. I'm doing the same. 
And anybody else we interview, we ask them to do this using an audio recorder if they have one or their smartphone if they don't. These are then all, all sent to me via WeTransfer or Firefox Send or whatever. And I then put them together, which means I need to sync them up. Assuming that, that occasionally there are complications, but assuming there are no complications, this isn't, in fact, very difficult. Once I sync them up at the start, then they stay in sync. So then I and go- what, Owen, what do you use to do the editing? What software? Audacity, which is free Audacity, open source sorry, yeah. software. So I do this in Audacity, which uh, I don't have a very powerful computer at home, so that strains it, but it's not that, it's not impossible, and it works. And then we also added soundscapes behind most of the episodes, because they've done quietly, they're not distracting, and they do camouflage any kind of clicks and bangs when somebody sometimes somebody puts something down while they're, they're making notes and you hear as somebody puts something down on the table well those those sometimes especially if they're happening when people talk if i start going while i'm talking like this then you'll hear it so the sound the soundscape smooths that out if you hear it it sounds like it's just part of the ambient noise in the background so those simple techniques enable us to produce something which is i think of acceptable podcasting quality and then once I've got that I have an an account with uh, Ophonics, ophonics ophonics.com where I upload the stereo file I've created and then it's processed to a a standard that Apple will accept so it's it's basically normalized so all the high volume and low volume bits are are normalized then from Ophonic, I upload it to Anchor FM, which hosts the podcast. That's a free account. And they send it to all of the major seven or eight places where people can download podcasts. It's also on SoundCloud, so you can download it direct or listen to it directly from there, because I know we know lots of people do. And we have the website, meow.net, which... We haven't advertised enough so far, but trust us, we will later. Mm. And that the website contains extra information, links to thing, items that have been talked about in the, in the episode. So when we talked about Guild Socialism, the, there is on archive.org a direct link to GDH Cole's book, Guild Socialism Revisited. And that's on the on the episode page for that and also background information about the speakers and a photograph of the speakers for people who like to see that sort of thing so that's how it's done yeah that's really helpful owen thank you um because i wasn't entirely sure what happened when i (laughs) it was all just magic (laughs) it was magic um the other thing um i guess also we should i mean this is something for us to think about in the next stage but um it might be worth us thinking about the in terms of accessibility, doing a um, generating a transcript of the audio so that um, other you know people who have who can't access the audio haven't had a transcript, which I think is potentially easy for us to do. We can discuss later. <laughs> it just made me think of that when you were talking. Well, these are some of the, these are some of the things I've been looking at, and I, I kind of regularly dip into. If there's yeah. if we had gone the visual route, YouTube automatically put titles on videos. You just upload a video to YouTube and it automatically gets titles. I've been looking recently to see if there's some equivalent. Is there some online transcript service 
where yeah. I can just upload the episode and get back a transcript. If I can find one, then yes, yeah. I totally agree we yeah, should do we'll that. Yeah, we'll look into that for for the next uh, for the next 50 episodes. <laughs> shall we shall we talk about where we're going next then? Yeah, I guess yeah, that would be good. I mean, we've just to kind of finish off that section really before we give an introduction to the the next um stage of the podcast series. We're also we've covered so much ground and I think something that the processors made us think about and and there's there's room for is for us to revisit past episodes and pull out some of the areas of tension or challenges that we've we've come across in terms of trying to get our heads around cultural democracy so for me there are still lots of unresolved and in a good way uh, ideas that we're, we're putting on the table such as the the question of of the the connection to, to the commons to human rights which um which speakers like Arlene got uh Arlene and Francois have talked about in previous episodes we've also touched on the issues around where cultural democracy sits in relation to libertarianism and the role of the state the connection to the commons as I said and the the, the idea of basic income and also that for me there's always a a big question mark as well around where does this leave the role and remuneration of the artist, um, which doesn't, it, yeah, it just sort of swims around as a kind of, as, as, a, as a knotty problem for me still, that I don't ever expect to be resolved, but I just feel like it'd be good to have some more airtime to, to think through. Well, I think that's one that's one we can look at resolving, or at least having mm. having a coherent view on, and I think that is one yeah. we should definitely pursue. Shall I, shall I explain a little about what we're doing next? Yes, yeah. When we looked back, when we looked back at the last 50 episodes, we realised that in effect we'd been doing two different things. We'd never sat down and formally divided what we were doing into two strands, but we realised that we were effectively doing two things. One, sometimes Sophie and I would want to discuss an idea or a book or a publication, like our very first episode. Let's look at that Arts Council of England publication, go through it and come to some conclusion about it. Other times we said, oh, let's go and talk to somebody. They seem to be doing something interesting. Let's go and talk to them about it. And these were, again, not systematic. We've not got a global network to point out who's doing something interesting. These were people we'd come across either directly or, or read about or heard about. So now when we're thinking about how to take this forward, now we'd reached 50 we decided we'd formalise this division. So once a month, we're going to have a meow inquiry into a topic. When Sophie and I, or Sophie and I or somebody else, will sit down and discuss a topic, or a book, or an idea, and try to come to some at least provisional conclusion. And then once a month, we'll interview somebody about their practice, or about the effects of their practice. So we'll go between theory and practice, and these will be different podcasts in the sense that you'll be able to subscribe to just one of them, or you'll also be able to subscribe to the whole Meow bundle. And also in the bundle, we've done two Music from the Commons podcasts, which some people liked. And so we've decided we're going to have a third podcast each month, which will look at Music from the Commons. So we're going to do those with the aim of then some point in the not too distant future, adding a fourth podcast to take us to weekly. And the fourth podcast is going to be a round table. 
a live discussion where we will invite people to come online with us and each person will bring a subject they want to talk about around the idea of cultural democracy and the commons. Together with those, we're going to update the website so it includes a discussion forum. And that will then involve opening up membership of Meow so that people can come join the discussion forum and each episode, will, we hope, will then promote further conversations, which might lead to who knows what or nothing at all. So, Owen, are we, just to finish off then, shall we say when we're starting this new programme... And the website will be updated by... The website will be updated on September the 11th, which I think is the date of the next podcast. It would be the date of podcast 51, but it'll now be the first episode of one of our new strands. And if anyone listening is interested in uh, contributing or has any ideas or, or as to how we move forward, then please do get in touch I with will us. add a, a form to the website be, uh, when this program goes out, yeah. I will add a form there so that you can say, yes, I would like to be part of the uh, discussion. I'd like to be a member. And I've got some ideas and they're these. And if anybody wants to, anybody wants to yeah. contribute, they're more than welcome. Brilliant. Thank you, Owen. And I guess just to finish, it, a big, huge thank you to everyone who's listened and who's taken part in the podcast series and contributed your knowledge and expertise and ideas. We've really, really appreciated it. And we can't, I can't quite believe we've done 50 episodes of these. <laughs> That's amazing. And we've got them all archived on the website. It's really great. So, and thank you, big thank you to Owen again for, for doing the technical wizardry work and, uh, and making it all available yes so we'll be back in two weeks time with something slightly different (laughs) thank you thank you